Yudalet Sivan Tavshin Ayin Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. That ending is so poogie-like or poogie-esque with all the kidding and hello Israel and all that. Well, welcome one and all. Welcome to this week's edition of the Israel Show. We are live 
as we are each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, which translates to 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time, around the world, whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. And we are also here on demand, which means whenever you demand us to listen to you, we will be listening to you. Isn't that, uh, that's like such a cool thing. I love it. Um, and how do you on demand it? Just go to NachumSiegel.com, click on the archive page, click on the Israel Show page, and pick the show you want from over five years worth of shows. And um, what if you want to listen to it on your iPhone or iPad or any other i device or even an Android? Well, there's an app for that. <laughs> There's an app for that. There is an app for that. And um, you can just go and download it for free from the uh, respective uh, App Store or Google Play or whatever. And that app is called uh, NSN App. There, too, you just go into the archives, click the Israel Show, and you you can download the show into your device while you're in Wi-Fi, which is very convenient, doesn't cost you anything, and then listen to it when you're on the road, when you're driving. It is such a great idea. It's brilliant. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. This week we have a flurry of new likes. We're at 715 likes. We thank all the new likers, David, Michael, Gabi, Tommy, Naima, Shari, Yona, Yoni, Hadas, lots of uh, lots of new likes. What do we do on that Facebook page? People say, "Yeah, Facebook's such a waste of time." Well, you know, it's only a waste of time is if you use it to waste your time. It could be a very good tool, like so many other things on the internet. And um, we post. At the end of each show, a little after that, we will post links to the show itself. So if you missed the show, just go to the Facebook page and you can go directly to the link. You don't need to, you know, go through other, uh, all kinds of clicks. And we post links to the music that we played. If is a particular song that you like that we played, you go right back to the Facebook page, click on it, and you can watch the YouTube video of that very song here and there, we have songs that don't have yet YouTube videos, like the one we're about to play, because it's brand new. Um, but that's another thing we do. And we put on the Facebook page stories that we uh, assume that you will not find that many other places. I mean, if something's viral, we usually try to stay away from it, because you've seen it somewhere else. We're not here to, we're not here to cr- cram up your, um, your feed. But if there's something that we find that we think is relatively unique, we'll put it on our Facebook page. So, for all those reasons, sign up. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And if you already signed up, it means you already have liked the page, please tell others to do the same. It's important. I know, you know, Facebook, I'm not even going to get into the whole thing, which I'd like to, but Facebook basically does its own thing to to um, encourage certain certain ideas 
and to discourage certain ideas. And let's say that Israel is not at the top of their list. So the more likes we get and the more we push the content that we uh, post, uh, the better off it is uh, for us that we don't get pushed out. And one other point, and then we're going to go to brand new music from Hanan Ben-Ari. This week is fundraising week for the Nachman Siegel Network, for the Jewish Unity Initiative. Um, Just to give you an idea, I am a volunteer. I volunteer my time because I think it is what Nachum does and the ability to reach out to so many people around the world with our message is extremely important. Many others on this network are volunteering. And the costs of maintaining this network is staggering. You can't imagine. There's so much involved. And so we ask once a year that if if you enjoy it, if you gain something from it, if your life is a little better for it, if you've been a bit inspired, enlightened, inspired, excited, if you found some joy in some of the songs, if you shed a tear with us over a tragedy, why don't you please send in a contribution could be as small as you like or as large as you like. We'd love it if you send a great big contribution. But we also understand that not everybody can send in, you know, $5,000. And some people can send in $18. And they're all welcome. Here's what you do. You just go to this website and you contribute. If you want, you don't have to, but if you want, you can note that it's um, coming uh, as a result of the Israel Show. Maybe you can write anything you want, that you listen, that you enjoy it, that you appreciate it, or you don't have to. We don't really care. What we care about is the contribution, that you give a anything, something, and recognize the great work that Nachum Miriam and, the, and, and everybody at the Nachum Siegel Network do. So you go to FJB Unity. FJB, F as in... Foundation, J as in Jewish, B as in broadcasting, fjbunity.org. And you can uh, give a donation right there. Thank you very much. It is greatly appreciated, more than you can imagine. Okay, brand new music as we are wont to do here at uh, at the Israel Show. We have brand new music. This is from Hanan Ben-Ari later on during the show. We will have a brand new song by Idan Reichel. This one is cool. And it's off a brand new album. He, he just released an actual album. How do you like that? Something that you can hold in your hand. Hanan uh, Benari, the name of the album is Lola Vad. This uh, number is called Rega. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank 
רק אותי ואותך ומכחול. חנן בן ארי, רגע, Unfortunately, we don't have a um, video clip for yet, um, but uh, there probably will be one later, or you can, you can actually buy the album. You might even be able to buy the song on iTunes, who knows. <sighs> Sergeant Ronen Lubarsky. This is one of the more difficult things that we have to do from time to time, and as many times as we do it from time to time, it is one time too many. Ronen Lubarsky. A 20-year-old soldier in the elite Duvdevan unit of the Israel Defense Forces died on Shabbat after, well, he was murdered, we'll say that, but he didn't die right away. He died um, like three days later. The Duvdevan unit goes into... The belly of the beast, if you will, they go into 
the hotbeds of uh, Palestinian Arab terror in Yehudan Shamron to break up terror cells to arrest the members of these cells who are planning and carrying out murder of innocent Jews throughout Israel. And um, the Divan unit, one of the most elite, uh, they were carrying out arrests against a specific cell that has been involved in recent shooting attacks. Now you have to understand, this happens night, almost nightly, that to go into an Arab town and find the right guy, so they have to have intelligence of where he is, and then they have to sneak in, so to speak, without getting a lot of attention because if there's if if the people, the crowd, the mob is aroused, is awoken, they will start attacking the soldiers. And because the soldiers are so handcuffed with their uh, rules of engagement, meaning when they can open fire, the Arabs don't have fear of attacking the soldiers. We've reached uh, an upside-down situation like that. And um, so each one of these incursions where Israel goes in to arrest murderers, terrorists... We have to do it, Israel has to do it with such precision and care, otherwise they endanger their own life. I mean, how crazy is that? In this case, they were arresting these uh, terror cell members and Ronen Lubarsky, who was in, in uniform. Some Sometimes the, the, the Devan unit has what they call Mr. Arvim, people that can pass for Arab, Arab residents of the area. In this case, it was not so. He was in uniform. He was uh, wearing all the protective gear. He was wearing a helmet. He was wearing everything. And an Arab murderer who was on the third floor of of the house, right next to where he was standing, took a huge slab of marble and threw it from the third floor down and it hit his head, crushing the helmet, and ultimately he died. The murderer has still not been caught. Somebody's hiding him, or a bunch of people are hiding him, I'm sure. And uh, Israel's working hard to find him. Other Members of that cell were caught, thank God, and are now in Israeli custody. The Lubarsky family, um, Ronen and his his siblings, they are um, a religious family. And in uh, those of you may may be familiar with this, in Yerushalayim specifically, there are. there are unusual, unique, I would say, not unusual, unique minhagim, unique customs regarding burial. All, all kinds of different little things that are only done in Yerushalayim or not done in Yerushalayim. And uh, one of them is 
that we make every effort, the people, uh, the burial societies and the families, and make every effort not to have the body sit overnight. So you bury as soon as you can, even if it's at night. For example, here in the States, we don't bury at night. I don't know if that's because of uh, a different custom or because the... Uh, the uh, the workers in the in the uh, cemeteries would not work at night, but in in Yerushalayim they bury at night, and so they uh, he passed away on Shabbat, and the burial took place at two in the morning, two a.m. Matzei Shabbat, two a.m., and hundreds of people came. His com- compatriots from Duvdevan, his commander spoke, and his brother spoke. So we're going to bring you two clips, one of. Um, some of the words that his brother said in the Hesped for him and his commander. So we'll start with his brother, who, um, like so many others in Israel, I marvel at his ability to find strength and use the opportunity to encourage others, which is what he does here in this clip. שחיבק את המשפחה שלי, חיבוק עצום שלא האמנתי שקיים. אני מודה לכולכם על התפילות, מודה לכולכם על האיחולים. אם הייתי יכול ואני יכול, אתם כולכם מוזמנים לשבעה. אני אחבק כל אחד ואחד מכם ואגיד לכם תודה. הניצחון הכי גדול שלנו זה יותר מאשר שהחיות האלה יהיו מתחת לאדמה. זה שאנחנו נחיה חיים מלאים. ואני פונה אליכם עכשיו בבקשה, אפילו קצת בדרישה. בשביל אחי הקטן ובשביל כל הגיבורים שקבורים כאן בהר הזה תחיו את החיים שלכם בשמחה, באהבה, באמונה תקימו משפחות גדולות, ילדים, תעריכו את המדינה הנפלאה שיש לנו It's an amazing thing, he... Um, it's, not, it's not disseminated widely enough um, he, he said that he speaks time Israel and he thanks them for... The embrace that they felt, his family, from so many people, the love that they got from the general public. And he says, I invite everybody to the Shiva because I would like to embrace you back one at a time. And the other thing he said is more important than capturing the murderer, the animal, he called him the animal, Right? I think that's what he's used. And and why not? Why not call a disgusting murderer an animal if he behaves not like a human? That's another story. He said more important than that the terrorist who killed his brother lies six feet under. More important than that and whatever happens to him, is that we should continue to live our life fully. To continue to live our life with joy, with doing, with emunah, with faith, and to appreciate is just amazing. This is his brother's funeral. His brother gave his life for the land of Israel and the state of Israel, the people of Israel. He says, and we need to appreciate how how amazing it is, this gift that we have of Medinat Israel. It, it is a, a, a beautiful words. 
by the brother of uh, Ronen Lubarsky. We'll go to some music, and then uh, we'll come back with uh, with with a lot more. Uh, another debut we told you about before. We had a debut from uh, Hanan Benari. This is a debut by Rami Kleinstein. No, I'm sorry. By either. <laughs> These stories just um, get to me. As any listener to this show knows, Idan Reichel with Bereshit, brand new, debuting it here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Idan Reichel, Birei Sheet. Post uh, the, the the video of this is also very beautiful. So we're going to post the link to it, and uh, you can watch it via the link on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash The Israel Show. Um, we um, were not broadcasting last week. It was the second day of Shavuot, and being that I am. Uh, I was in Chutz Laaretz and still am outside of the state of Israel. It was uh, the second day of uh, the holiday of Shavuot. And uh, the week before that, Nachum was celebrating Yom Embassy, the moving of the uh, U.S. Embassy. So we haven't been on for two weeks. Um, And we're going to get to this now, even though it's a drop late. The uh, May 5th, Yutet Iyar... 1958 was the birthday of Ron Arad. And so this year, on Yuteriyar and on May 5th, he celebrated his 60th birthday. And that is just hard to imagine. But it's an opportunity for us to remember um, who he is and to keep him in mind. Um, This will start off by telling those who are not familiar with the name he is one of the um, one of several Israel's missing in action. They don't know uh, where he is, and even if he is alive. And this has been so for quite a long time. So we're going to uh, just share with you a little bit about him. He was born. He was raised in Hoda Sharon. He became a pilot in. 1979, that's when he graduated his course. He officially was a navigator, a a navat, in a phantom fighter jet. And in these fighter jets, the navigator, the navat, is sort of like the co-pilot. It's not... um, it, it, It is a very important role. There's only two people. There are only two people in the plane, and the navat is one of them. Um, He got married to Tamar Tami... Tami Arad, who's become well-known in Israel in the fight for her husband. And they had a daughter. The daughter's name is Yuval. She was born in 1985. Eleven months later, on October 16, 1986, when he was already a reservist, he was called uh, to, uh, to service, 
he was a student, but obviously a very capable young man, in the Technion in chemical engineering. I, I didn't know that until um, I read it recently when I was work- preparing. Um, so 11 months after his daughter is born, he gets captured in Lebanon. What happened? His um, plane, they were, they were bombing terrorist cells in the area of Tzidon, Sidon. And due to an error, a human error, the armaments that they were carrying blew up in the plane rather than when they're supposed to blow up after they're released. And so, the pilot and the navigator, the sort of co-pilot, ejected, because the plane was blowing up, obviously. So they ejected over Lebanese territory. The pilot, Yishayafi Ram, they rescued him. They were able to rescue him. It's a big, there's there's a whole unit of rescuing. We spoke about it before, a few weeks ago, uh, during the floods. There's a unit that is... um, Its entire um, purpose is to rescue um, people that are trapped either in foreign countries or in other situations. But Ron Arad disappeared. They couldn't find him. And obviously what happened was he was was probably injured. He was trying to hide or run. And um, one of the terrorist organizations in Lebanon saw him and took him. It's a big prize for them to have an Israeli, a pilot, no no less, not just any Israeli soldier, a pilot, um, to have him as a hostage. In 1987, so it's like a year after, so for, for the first year or so, there seemed to have been some communications between the captors and Israel about some deals or whatever. They, um, they sent to Israel three letters that he wrote, so it was clear that he was alive. But uh, but they lost contact with the captors, and then, in May of 1988, they totally lost track of him. No communications from him or, or his captors. No one was asking for ransom. No one was asking for, um, for an exchange. And there was not... And that's it. 1988. So, that's... Is that 20 years? No, more. 30 years. Yes. 30 years, no one knows what happened to him. Many efforts were made by the State of Israel. I mean, amazing efforts were made by the State of Israel to do all kinds of things to pressure whoever might have him to return him. But nothing uh, nothing happened. In the year 2000, as part of a, also a deal with the Hezbollah, Israel got a personal artifact of his, which was supposed to show that he's alive. I don't know if it actually showed that he is alive at that time in 2000, or he was alive at some point after they captured him. That means he didn't die when he ejected. We know he didn't because we have letters from him. But uh, nothing, nothing has come of it. 
Um, in 2006, 2006, somehow, Israeli tele- uh, Lebanese television got a hold of a film, probably from the Hezbollah, which um, showed the moments of his capture and a little later on his talking to the camera, answering questions, mentioned his name and so forth. Um, And they believe it was 1988. So imagining that since 1988... As we mentioned, no no contact, no connection. We don't know. So we just have to have him in our prayers. Ron Ben Batya, Arad. We pray that he's alive. We pray that he's not suffering too much. And we hope that his 61st birthday will find him back at home with his wife and his daughter, a daughter that really didn't know him since uh, she was 11th, 11 months old when he fell in uh, captivity. It's important. It's important to remember. It's important to keep uh, them in our hearts and in our minds and in our tefillot. Kobe Aflalo. Haven't played this for a while. Masha Halev Bachar. My name is Maya Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. את לי החסד ואת לי בית ואת שוכנת בליבי את לי השקט איתך זה שניים ואת יושבת בקרבי מכל הלבטים בכל השינויים אני נשאר איתך בכל הניגונים
with Masha Halev Sheli Bachar or Masha Halev Bachar just like it I just like the song so I decided we'll play it haven't played it for a while hope you enjoyed it too uh, of course I have overbooked to use uh, the professional lingo of my profession <laughs> my industry I have overbooked this show. I have so many things to talk about and so little time. So I'm going to skip some of the things and I will ask your forgiveness for skipping some of the things. We'll try and get to some of them on upcoming shows. We have a whole summer full of shows. Um, I want to acknowledge the moving of the U.S. Embassy to... Jerusalem it's been covered from a million different angles but we haven't had an opportunity here to just express the joy and the thanks I was um, um, privileged to be interviewed on uh, a national radio show the Mike Gallagher show as I am on occasion, about Israeli matters. And I said that there are um, two thank yous that have to go out to two promise keepers that made this happen. One was President Donald Trump. Unlike all the presidents before him, Clinton and Obama and Bush who promised that they would uphold the law that was passed by the Congress to move the embassy. None of them did it. They all promised, but nobody did it. President Trump promised, President Trump did it, and that was an amazing thing, and he deserves great thanks. The second person, not person, 
The second thank you goes to God. Because God too is a promise keeper. Because God promised to us over and over again that he will return to Jerusalem and we will return with him. He will bring us back. God made us a promise. And amazingly, for close to 2,000 years, we held him to it. We ended every Seder with Lishana Babi Yushalayim, and we ended every Yom Kippur with Lishana Babi Yushalayim, and Yushalayim was on our lips in every Shemona Esrei, and in every benching, and in every every event. Yushalayim was remembered under the chuppah when we, when we smashed a glass to remember that our joy is not complete if Yushalayim is not. And we held on to this promise. Who, who, which crazy nation holds on to a promise like that for 2,000 years? We, we are. And it came true. We came back to Yerushalayim 51 years ago. So God is the promise keeper. And now, the greatest power in the world the leading power of the day has also recognized that the city of Jerusalem is the center of the Jewish people, is the heartbeat of the Jewish people, and moved the embassy to there as a symbolic move. There were two moments that were amazing to me. I'm going to share them with you. Jared Kushner spoke, as you know, he is married to Ivanka Trump, she is a Giorat Tzedek, she converted to Judaism, an Orthodox conversion, they keep a Jewish home, their kids get Jewish education, Jared Kushner is a scion of a very well-known New Jersey family, Orthodox family, great contributors to Jewish charities. Just look at the school. Everybody's... You talk to people, where do you go? I go to Kushner. The Joseph and Ray Kushner schools in New Jersey. Kindergarten through through uh, 12th grade. Joseph... Um, Jared Kushner is married to Ivanka Trump. And in, in one of these Megillat Esther moments, that I, I, I mean it in the sense of one event leads to another event leads to another event that you can't even imagine and think about that would ever happen. Suddenly, Jared Kushner is a senior advisor to the President of the United States. So here's the part of the speech that I want to highlight. He said it was, a, it was about a seven-minute speech, and it was very beautiful. But here's the part that, that spoke to me specifically. I am here today as a proud American and the grandson of Holocaust survivors. During World War II, my late grandparents, Ray and Joseph Kushner, fled their homes to the forests of Belarus to escape Nazi persecution. Somehow, 
they managed to resist the horrors and survive. After the war, they built a new life in America, a beacon of hope, a land of limitless opportunity. In my office in the White House, I keep a photo of them on my desk to remind me of how high the stakes are when nations fail to recognize right from wrong and the decisive power America has to tip the scales in favor of the righteous. Do we understand? I, I want to, again, listen just to, to these words. These words to me are key. In my office in the White House. In my office in the White House, says the grandchild of Holocaust survivors. One generation separates between him and the Holocaust, between him and his grandparents hiding in the forests of Belarus where their lives were in the balance every second where they could have been brutally murdered like six million of their brethren and of our brethren where their lives were worth nothing one generation separates between them what happened to the Jewish people then and the fact that their grandson can say, in my office in the White House. The daughter of the President of the United States keeps a kosher home and her kids go to Jewish schools. That's amazing. But to me, the story of our era, the story of our time, the, capital T, A, capital H, capital E, the story that we all have to be informed by, that our life has to be part of, or should be, I should say it should be part of our life, is that his grandparents went through the Holocaust and he can say in my office in the White House just you know pinch yourself just pinch yourself we live in unbelievable times that's I I don't know what else to say and that summed it up for me. Those seven words in my office in the White House. Of course, the continuation is I have a picture of my grandparents. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If they, if can you imagine, imagine while while his grandparents, Joseph and Ray Kushner. We're running through the forests, hiding in ditches, just trying to survive through years and years of the Holocaust. Somebody would have come over to them and said, your grandson would be the son-in-law of the President of the United States and will be his senior advisor and will have a hand in having the United States, the superpower of the world, recognize 
that Jerusalem, hello, Jerusalem, united Jerusalem, is the capital of a sovereign state of Israel. Think about how many pieces of that sentence alone would have been cause for them to say, you're delusional. United Jerusalem, state of Israel, your grandson had a hand in it being recognized by the superpower in the world, and he sits in the White House. While during World War II, we were begging the person sitting in the White House to get involved in any which way, and we know that he didn't. And the other thing from... uh, The other piece that moved me was the amazing speech of uh, Pastor Hagee. This person, I, I, I don't even know. I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to explain it. He has a huge worldwide organization called Kufi Christians United for Israel. It is one of the strongest pro-Israel groups in America. He himself has personally collected and distributed in Israel, I don't know, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. And quite frankly, everything that people want to say about, well, but, you know, why in the... Honestly... Listen to this speech. Listen how carefully he crafted this speech. There are... By the way, people may not be aware of it, but I'll just point out too, the speech is peppered with references to Psukim from the Nevi'im, and the speech, not once does the speech mention Jesus, who he is committed to because he understood the sensitivity the pastor that opened the proceedings did. Pastor Hagee didn't. So in the beginning of the speech he says, referring to God and describing the God of Heavenly Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God who calls the stars by name, is a reference to the Pasuk in Yahu. Su'um arom lift your eyes, uru'u and see, mi who created this when you look up in the sky? Hamotzivim ispart who sends out their hosts by count, meaning he knows how many stars and how many planets and how many moons there are in the universe. Lechulam b'shem yikra who calls them each by name. That God is so familiar with what he created that he can name each and every one of the things in the sky, the bodies in the sky. So the God who calls the stars by name and the other reference he says, and measures space with the span of his hand. Also Yeshayahu, same Perek. Mimadad b'sha'olo ma'im v'shamayim b'zeret tiken. 
וכל בשליש אפר הארץ, ושקל בה פלס הרימו גבעות במאזניים. The beginning of the Pasuk Mimadad Bishalomayim, who measured the waters with the hollow of his hands, meaning he like cupped the, the, the oceans in the, in the cup of his hand to see how much there is, and gauged or measured the skies with the span of his hand. Vishamayim Bazeret Tiken. Zeret is the small finger. Uh, this is a speech that a prime minister of Israel should give. And hopefully there will come a day that, that he will. So um, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to have his speech, and then we're going to have a song. And um, if you're listening live, we're gonna, the song will get cut off. We will uh, p- put it at the end of the um, archive so that it should be complete. In the meantime, I say thank you for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to staff of Nachum Siegel Network. My very special thanks to Nachum Siegel. All new live programming coming up, even though it is Memorial Day in the USA. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novak Now with Jake Novak, a show that will focus on big news stories and offer unique analysis from longtime TV news producer and editorial columnist Jake Novak. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Don't forget to please contribute to fjbunity.org. To help continue the amazing work of the Nachum Siegel Network. Until next Monday, immediately following James Dame, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you the nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who calls the stars by name and measures space with a span of his hand the God who is the king of the universe. We gather here today to thank you for the joy of living and seeing this glorious and historic day. We thank you for the state of Israel, the lone torch of freedom in the Middle East, who lives and prospers because of your everlasting love for the Jewish people. It was you, O Lord, who gathered the exiles from the nations and brought them home again. It was you who made statehood possible. It was you that gave a miraculous victory in 1967 when Jerusalem was reopened to worshipers of all faith. Jerusalem is the city of God. Jerusalem is the heartbeat of Israel. Jerusalem is where Abraham placed his son on the altar of the Temple Mount and became the father of many nations. Jerusalem is where Jeremiah and Isaiah penned principles of righteousness that became the moral foundations of Western civilization. Jerusalem is where Messiah will come and establish a kingdom that will never end. We thank you, O Lord, for President Donald Trump's courage in acknowledging to the world a truth established 3,000 years ago that Jerusalem is and always shall be the eternal capital of the Jewish people. And because of that courage of our president, we gather here today to consecrate the ground upon which the United States Embassy will stand, reminding the dictators of the world that America and Israel are forever united. 
We thank you for our ambassador, David Friedman, and pray your anointing upon him as he opens the doors of the U.S. Embassy to receive the nations of the world. Let the word go forth from Jerusalem today that Israel lives. Shout it from the housetops that Israel lives. Let every Islamic terrorist hear this message, Israel lives. Let it be heard in the halls of the United Nations, Israel lives. Let it echo down the marble halls of the presidential palace in Iran, Israel lives. Let it be known to all men that Israel lives, because he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. As King David prayed 3,000 years ago, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all its inhabitants. Let the name of the Lord be glorified today for the defender of Israel today, tomorrow, and forever is here. Can we all shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen.